With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. everyone and welcome along to your second TII podcast of the day. My name is Craig Dennett and I'm your, your host as we look ahead to who could potentially be the next Rangers manager after Giovanni Van Bronckhorst was sacked earlier on today. We're joined by Ross uh, who was also on earlier on hosting the Immediate Reaction podcast to the, the news that Giovanni Van Bronckhorst has left Rangers. How are you doing Ross? Yeah, I'm not bad, mate. I've kind of been all over the place today, to be honest. This news has uh, thrown me all over because I've been trying to handle it. So, yeah, works went out the window today. It's very much been reacting to this news, but yeah, all good here. I'm happy to be on again. I'm sure your work will appreciate you saying that live on the internet. Absolutely. Um, and welcome along to Tommy McIntyre as well. How are you doing, Tommy? I am very well, thank you. Uh, thank you for asking. Yeah, an interesting day and you know, the majority of fans get what they want, so... I'm sure there'll be a lot of interest in who's next. Yeah, absolutely. Earlier on, Ross, Kyle and Scott Mitchell all spoke about their sort of instant reaction to to the news on this podcast. We'll get we'll get Tommy's sort of instant reaction and we'll start to look ahead as to what sort of criteria we should have for a new manager, some of the names that have started to be bandied about, and we'll, we'll look for some of some of your own comments as well and bring them in. Uh, Tommy, first of all, as I said, just start with yourself and your what was your reaction when the news came through this morning? Well, it's probably sadness, but definitely not surprise. I mean, I think the only, and I was saying this because this is Ibrooks on LBC News tonight as well, um, giving a kind of Rangers fan opinion, as you would expect. We all thought he was going to go, and then we thought it got to this point, and the board had decided to, to back him further. So the surprise was it took this long. Um, Obviously, you understand that things have to be negotiated in the background when it comes to settlements, the backroom staff, all that type of good stuff. 
And then, you know, sadness because, you know, Giovanni Van Gorkers was genuinely a nice guy. He is a genuinely good guy and somebody who had a deep affection for the club and the fans had an affection for him as a player. And I don't know about everybody else. You always want somebody who comes back to the club like that to do really well. And it just never looked like it was ever going to going to happen, actually, in the cold light of day. You know, you would small Phillips, like the run the UEFA Europa League final, I should say. I'm showing my age there. Um, the Europa League final and the Scottish Cup. But ultimately, it's, it's a, bit of, a bit of sadness. And then a wee bit of excitement at the end, because ultimately there's going to be a new manager coming into Rangers and everything that that means. So we all get to talk about it at length, which is half the excitement sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. And like you say, I don't think anyone uh, thinks otherwise in terms of Giovanni Van Bronckhorst being a nice guy. Um, I've, I've seen actually a lot of people alluding to the fact that that might have been one of one of his issues in terms of gaining the respect in the dressing room and being able to motivate the players and that side of things. I, th- I saw reported earlier on this afternoon, Ross, it may have been after you guys were live, just that he'd been on, he'd been in touch with all the office staff and with with all the other staff around the club to say thank you for their efforts for the for the last year. And it's obviously really nice to hear that. It's I, I don't think any of us wanted Giovanni Van Bronckhorst gone because of his because of who he was as a as a guy outside of the game. I think it was purely purely business, as we say, for one of a, a better word, and for, uh, purely down to the performances um, on the pitch. Ross, is, I think it's came out this afternoon that it sounds like he's going to be on gardening leave um, for effectively the remainder of his contract rather than it being paid up. Is, th- is that an issue for you at all, or is that just, just part of how it, how it has to be? No, I don't think it's an issue for me. I think it's the kind of standard way now in, in modern football where the manager's kept on until they're looking for another position and then the contract's obviously to get rid of after that. So, yeah, for me, no, it's not really a problem. I I think Rangers were always going to have to probably look at managers that aren't in positions to probably fill the role. Um, I, I'm not sure if the club will be willing to pay a compensation fee. Now, that maybe rules out one manager that we've all spoke about at length, I'm sure, at, at other points this season. But, no, it's not really an issue for me. I think I'd just like to say the same as Tommy. I think this morning or this afternoon when I was in the pod. I think there was I think the, the main emotion was relief. Um and and the more I think about it now there is there is sadness really because I think we all realise that Giovanni Van Bronckhorst loves this club. And you could see that with the Sky interview the other day that he was saying that he was, you know, blessed to be in this position. So he he would have been aware of, you know, the performances went up to scratch and he probably felt that there was, you know, the possibility this would come. So it's difficult thinking back now that, yeah, he's such a nice guy. Um, I'm sure he wanted everything to work out, but yeah, we've just got to the situation now where we just need a change. And and like Tommy said again, there is excitement in there because you. I think this is the first time in a while we've not really had a, a real idea of what direction the club could go. Obviously, we hope the club will make the right decision in that, but of course, there's there's a lot of possibilities out there and, and it's an exciting time for us as fans that hopefully we can bring someone in now and can really take this club forward again. Yeah, absolutely. I think just in terms of my initial reaction, I think it was a bit like, like Tommy said, a bit of relief, a bit of like, finally they've made the right decision. They've managed to get through whatever process they were going through and they finally reached reached the point that I think that I, that I personally reached after the Livingston game at Ibrooks, And I think many, many fans have gradually reached as the weeks have gone on. Um, but I think, like you say, 
a bit of sadness in the terms of the fact that he's a Rangers man and he and he does love the club, but it just hasn't worked out. But thought my thoughts anyway, and I'm sure thoughts of everyone immediately turn to who's going to be next. Um, like you said, Ross, and like, like a few of the comments have said here, um, there's a, there's a lot of options out there. Um, RFC fifty six says I'm not sure who's the best man for the job. To be honest, I've seen that quite a lot today. Um, in terms of a wide range of names being thrown about, I think the way I would approach it was: what kind of manager do we want? What kind? What style of football do do they play? What qualities do we want in that manager? Tommy. What do you think the answers to those questions are? What qualities are we looking for in the next manager? Well, that is a broad question. I'll try and leave something for for Ross to pick up there as as well. What what I will say just to, to start us off is, I think I've got the ability to anybody in the comments who says David Martindale to ban them from from this as Ibrox from listening or engaging with us in any way, shape, or form. Um, that's a hard, hard no. Uh, in terms of what we're looking for, so we can run through all the names at a you know, later point in terms of um, uh, what Ross, etc. discussed this morning as well, this afternoon. There's an identity moment, or there's a moment of identity, I think is probably the, the important point here. The Rangers fans, the club need to ask themselves what they want. So Giovanni Van Bronckhurst probably delivered on what was his single biggest thing. From a bold perspective, I imagine, qualify for the Champions League, make sure the, ba- the balance sheet looks good. That in and of itself isn't a bad thing, by the way, making sure the balance sheet's good. Right? The, the point is they should overlap in terms of good off the, the pitch, good on the pitch, and Giovanni was unlucky to some extent and the philosophy didn't seem to land and some players need to look at themselves in the mirror as their boss gets the bullet and say, did I do enough to help this guy succeed and the fans be able to applaud us off the park and quite frankly some of the squad need uh, to be let go as well. Um, it's unfortunate that it's just always the manager who pays the, the price for that. Not your question, so I'll come back to it, which is, what are we? Do we need to be a club that recognises that we are not going to get finished products and we're going to get projects? We seem to talk about projects when it comes to players. That probably extends to managers as well. right? That's just who we are. The Champions League campaign has been good to an extent in terms of visibility, but we get battled pretty badly and pretty bruised. So is it just a baseline winner that we want? I, I can see that on the screen. So so yes, uh, Curry Mansell is definitely <laughs> definitely banned. He's calling, he's calling me out there and he's more than welcome to, to do so. Um, I will answer uh, Mr. Mr. Mansell <laughs> di- directly, which is my expertise is it's not Martindale. There you go. There's my expertise. Um, I, await your, I await your response. But do we want to be playing that nice football or do we want just a baseline winner? And do you want somebody who's there to develop players and work within their means or somebody who can identify a player or whatever? We'd always seem to go for the, the holy grail here. And they, they are out there, managers who can get the very the very best out of the squad that's here. But are they going to be able to do it? I finally get to my point here, by the way, which is, is it a manager? who wants to stand on their own two feet, or is it a manager who's welcome and willing to work within a director of football scenario? Because that's probably the key question. Before I move on to Ross, Tommy, which one do you want out of those? I probably want a manager who can work within a director of football situation. I think that structure isn't a bad thing. We can talk about Ross Wilson and his performance specifically, 
but I think there has to be somebody who can come in and work within that structure because there should be continuity across what who we buy and what we're buying for. I think there's been a bit of a discrepancy there from the end of the Gerard era into the Geo era. And quite rightly Ross Wilson has been discussed in terms of what's he doing and should he still be at the club as well. That's yeah, but my I am into the, the DOF group. Yeah. Ross, Tommy's kind of outlined the the different options available to to us there in terms of of managers what's your thoughts on the qualities that that we need or we want as fans um heading into this i guess what's an uncertain time for us but a, a time that's full of potential as well i think tommy made a good point there in the kind of comparisons that you could go for in different types of manager i personally believe it needs to be someone coming in with the long-term goal of developing the players that are there because that is really the model that we need to strive for. We need to strive for a model that can bring guys in, develop them and and, and flip them really. Um, and it's only the way that our club's going to develop really in progress because we don't make enough revenue out with, you know, um, player sales really. It's, it's We rely on, the, you know, the fans to, to generate the majority of our, our revenue. So, I think that needs to be the kind of long-term goal for us. We need to have a manager in place that can do that. I think we need someone with a real identity as well. And uh, a lot of people might come back to me and go, well, you know, Sean Dyche has an identity and that may be good for us and, and he'll get the players working hard and there'll be a lot of desire there. But I, I think we need to go down the, the approach of someone with a real expansive attacking brand of football. There's quite a few out there. Um, I'm sure we'll get into the names, but that that for me is what I would like to see from the club. And again, I agree with Tommy. It needs to be someone that fits in with the director of football role. I've been on the podcast a few times lately, maybe defending Ross Wilson more than I should, but I think it goes along um, with what Tommy said there in terms of that director of football structure is a good thing for me because the manager can change, but everything to do with the club and the direction that you're trying to move the club in stays the same. Now, the club have made a mistake here with Giovanni Van Bronckhorst, but that doesn't mean that they can't rectify that problem, in my opinion. I think they can do something about that. I think they deserve another opportunity to appoint another manager. So, yeah, I would like to see someone come in that fits our director of football model with a real emphasis on developing players. And to be honest, just bringing Rangers back to having some sort of style and identity again, because we've just completely lost that lately. And... I'm open to kind of all approaches, but it, I would rather it be, yeah, someone with the front foot, high pressing, expansive football. That's what I want to see. I think that's what all the best teams play now. And I think it's time that we see that as fans. I think we have the, the capabilities there to to give a manager a real platform to to put his stamp on this team. So, yeah, that's the way I'd like us to go. Yeah, I think before we before we go on to talking about individual managers that have been sort of thrown about on social media today and are in bookies odds and all that sort of stuff, I think the timing of this appointment is important as well. I don't think the club have a lot of time to get this person in place. I, th- I think the players come back from from their holiday, their two week holiday, or two week break um, next Monday. I think you need to have the new manager in for that moment they come back. If you don't have the manager in by that point that's, a, that's an absolute failure already in this process i think I, I think the manager needs to be there day one of that that time period and and ready to go and have three full weeks to work with the players before before we get stuck into to hibs at ibrooks and what is a, what is going to be another 
tough run of fixtures and a really important run of fixtures as well. We'll come on to whether we think this manager still has a chance in the league and things like that later on. Um, I, I think there's probably mixed opinions on on that one. Um, but let's get stuck into the names and if everyone can fire into the comments who they would like to see manager, that would be that would be great. And we'll pick a few of them out and discuss them. Um, I'm sure we've all heard the same names um, throughout this afternoon. Three that I think seem to be sort of at the forefront at the moment, Tommy, and I've seen reported in a few places as Rangers have sent have sort of sent feelers out to see if they would be interested are Sean Dyche, Kettle Knutson and Michael Beale. Three entirely different managers. We've just spoken about style and, and everything. Three entirely different approaches to the game of football. It does make you wonder a wee bit. It seems a bit scattergun. Is there a is how much truth is in these three names? Um, what are your reaction to those three names, first of all? Well, two of them are all right. Um, and I might be an outlier here as well, but evidently <laughs> I had a go at uh, Martin the Army, so I have a go at everything else as well. But this Michael Beale bandwagon, I don't, I don't get it. Michael Beale is an incredibly talented coach. And I'd love him to actually be a manager at a club for a full season before we hand the keys of Ibrox to him. Um, I'd love to have him back if he's a success, but just went through a really difficult run of games at QPR. You know, this whole glorification of that doesn't quite naturally work for me. I think we need to be nailed on of a, a genuinely experienced manager. I am slowly, slowly but surely coming round to Sean Deitch being not a bad appointment and there's some interviews with Sean Dyche that are worth you know watching online and some of the sky stuff where he, he breaks apart some of that mythology of that he's only defensive what he says is listen I was in a, a role that needed that but actually my job is to assess the squad and then change the philosophy around about that he was making a definitive case for himself to not be put in that box and I think you know quite rightly people think about that I do as well with the time at Burnley but I think there's more to Sean Dice than just that. And actually, some of the other, you know, commentary I heard, um, people like Eddie Howe and the guy's name escapes me right now, but he's head of um, head of the academy at, at Manchester United as well, talking about how good a coach behind the scenes Sean Dice is as well on on the grass, so to speak. So there's a lot, there's a lot to Sean Dice, but it's again, does he come in with a budget requirement that can be married to expectations? I'm sure somebody will chuck in Newtson and all that kind of stuff as well. It's who's going to be able to work with, and this maybe goes back to the central point anyway, it's got to be for all the things we're talking about, identity, a winner, some of those cliches that get chucked in there, it's going to have to be somebody who can get the best out of the existing squad because we don't have the ability to completely revamp it in one go, right? So somebody who can take some of those players who are in the doldrums right now, who are off the boil and get them up, and maybe that does take you away from Sean Dyche to some extent. So I would be looking at somebody who's worked with an aging squad and been able to get the best out of them. Actually, maybe make a lie to myself, maybe I've walked myself back towards Sean Dyche there. But I don't think there's a natural front runner as you look across the names that are being kicked about. It very much comes back to can they work with the existing squad? Can the squad buy into them? Can they rapidly? get a title challenge or are we are the board saying this this one's going 
and then get the ability to work with new players as they come in. Yeah, I think in terms of how the three go, in terms of those three names of Dice, Nutz and Beal, I'm completely in agreement with you about Michael Beal. I don't think he's, I don't particularly want him back at this moment in time. And I think it, we need to give him at least a season, if not two or three seasons, somewhere before we can really see um, to see how, what he is like as a manager. He's had a really positive start, but I think in the last five games, it's been one point and one goal. Um, and the QPR fans are moaning about how many crosses have been flung into the box. Um, so that's it's not really something we've heard on Mrs. Ibrooks that much, is it? So, um, so I better say, <laughs> so I think we would need to to give some more thought on that one um, and give him more time. Um, Kieto Knutson, I've seen Bodo Glimt play a few times in Europe, um, and I've been impressed by their style of play. Been impressed by some of the players that they've had, such as Patrick Berg, Ola Solbach, and he's developed some really good players there. But at the end of the day, I think he's been 16 points off the top of the league this year for them. I think there's potentially a whole cycle argument amongst that. And also, he's only really managed in Norway, so we don't really know how well he'll do outside of his his native country as such and where he's where he's sort of grown up and, and known the football and known the system. Sean Dyche has actually since since he's been mentioned, which I think was three weeks ago, four weeks ago when he was first mentioned and he obviously did that I think it was a talk sport interview where he um where he said he's been he's got potentially got a few opportunities um in the English Premier League. But if Ross Wilson wants to invite him to an old firm game he'd love to he'd love to come. Um I'm with you Tommy in terms of really liking the idea of of Sean Dyche. Um I think he's got I think as I, I said to Ross before we came live, I think the argument against him is that if he's played in relegation battles in the English Premier League for, for quite a lengthy period of his career so far. Um obviously he was he's only managed two clubs, Watford and Burnley. Um at Burnley, I what gives me hope and what actually gives me encouragement is the way he was able to change how Burnley played in the championship when they went down and the way he was able to almost play that free-flowing attacking football and bring them back up almost immediately within one or two seasons and score plenty of goals. A quick question to that, Craig, and maybe it's one for Ross to answer. I don't want to throw us off too far and, and do your hosting job or anything like that, but just play it back and maybe the listeners will have a, uh, or the viewers will have a, an opinion on this as well. Would you see Sean Dyche? I'm not entirely sure they set up a Burnley. Would you see Sean Dyche being able to take Ross Wilson's views from a sporting director position? Because Dyche strikes me very much as his own man. Yeah, I'll quickly answer that and then we can pass over to Ross. But I believe Sean Dyche and Ross Wilson are friends. Yeah. Um, I believe they worked together potentially a little bit at Watford. I might be wrong, but I think they did work. I saw a comment from Sean Dyche saying he'd worked with Ross Wilson in the past. Which I think instantly put a few people, quite a few fans off him, actually, depending on their view on Ross Wilson. Um, but I think that was that was something I read. Ross, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, the first thing I would say is um, none of those three are, are the preferred candidate for me. But what I would say is the, the pros and cons that you've both listed there really does show that there's no outstanding candidate here. You know, there's there's definitely flaws with every manager that's been linked with this job. For Sean Dyche, um, I think it's a f- definitely a fair argument to say that he 
maybe has the capability to set us up in a more attacking branded football than he did for Burnley. And you're right, that probably does show how good a manager he is, that he was able to to kind of flip the style for Burnley to ensure they stayed in the Premier League. And that that is a perfectly fair argument for Sean Dyche. I think where it falls down for Sean Dyche and what I've seen from a lot of fans is that, you know, he'll get the team working harder and they'll have more desire and they won't be able to, to really put in the performance levels that they've got. For me personally, I just don't think professional footballers react to management styles like that anymore. And I'm not saying that Sean Dyche is like that. I'm not saying he's going to go into that dressing room and he's just going to shout at everyone. I'm not, that's not what I'm trying to label him as. I'm just saying if that is what we're trying to use as a, a way of saying that Sean Dyche should be taking this Rangers job, it's just not for me. That That's not what I think you're going to get the best out of players. I think you're going to get the best out of players for someone that has a real tactical style of identity that the players buy into and they really believe that you're switched on in that. But yeah, for Sean Dyche, in terms of the being able to to maybe play an attacking brand of football because of Burnley, I agree. He wouldn't be my preferred choice, but I agree that's, that's fair. Um, as for Michael Beal, the only thing that makes me doubt Michael Beal coming back is regarding the current squad. And I think we all feel that that squad needs a refresh. And does he have the experience to to really rebuild a squad on his own. You could argue he's done that for QPR this summer. He's brought in a lot of players in a tight budget. And of course, they've been performing well. They've maybe fell over a wee bit in the last couple of weeks since the speculation, but that's, that's probably what's going to happen. Um, so Michael Beale is one that I can understand why a lot of fans have you know, a lot of time for him, but he wouldn't be my preferred choice. And it's very much the same with Hudson. I, I don't I think what you said there about the kind of only manager in Norway I don't know if that's absolutely correct, by the way. I haven't done enough research on him, but um, I'll believe you there. Trust in my research now. Well, I, listen, I just haven't, I haven't been able to do any research on any of these guys today. So, yeah, I, I, I'm the same as you. I've seen him in Europe. I've seen the attacking brand of football that Bodo play. And what I will give to Knutson is most players that end up leaving Bodo don't seem to perform to the level that they did when they were with him. So that probably shows that how good a manager he is, that he seems to get more out of players than you would expect. Um, but I think it just goes back to what I said originally. I just don't think there's any outstanding candidate at all. I think someone said earlier when we were live that uh, recommended Pochettino. And that I think he was the only person that I've ever thought, oh, I would definitely take Pochettino. Obviously, we were unrealistic. But there's just there's no one I can really, really say with authority, that's who I want. I have a preferred candidate, but it's not because I believe he's absolutely better than everyone else. It's just because it kind of makes sense to me. Um but we'll come, on to, your, we'll come on to your preferred candidate in a minute, yeah. Ross. But I just wanted to discuss James McNichol's comment here, Tommy. Um, and it's one that we hear time and time again with Rangers that if it's a, if it's a foreign manager or someone who hasn't managed in Scotland before, they absolutely need to have a Rangers man as their assistant manager or someone who's experienced uh, in terms of the Scottish game and knows the Scottish game. James McNichol saying whoever comes in, they should have someone who gets Rangers like a Neil McCann or Ferguson, etc. What are your thoughts on that sort of view? It's one that kind of comes back round time and time again. I, I don't buy into it. So James, my my sincere apologies, but I don't I don't buy into that. Actually, I do agree with James though when it comes to the first name. I would take Neil McCann into the coaching staff because of his ability to talk about and read the game and get his message across and the evident passion that he's got round about all that. I think he'd just be a good addition to anybody's coaching team, not because he's just a, a Rangers man or whatever. Ferguson, 
as much as I love Barry Ferguson the player, I wouldn't have him anywhere near a coaching setup at Ibrox. It has to be has to be said for a whole host of whole host of reasons. So yeah, I mean I, I agree with James's first name pick, but not for the reasons of it's a Rangers man, it should be in there. Quite frankly, I don't I don't care. I mean I, I'm trying to struggle here, or I am struggling, I should say. I think the best football I've seen at Ibrox in my lifetime was under Dick Advocat. And I can't remember Dick Advocat having Scottish Rangers men, if you like, in the coaching setup. Somebody may be able to tell me I'm wrong there, but there you go. And you don't need somebody who's grown up in the West Coast or anything like supporting the Rangers. I mean, Neil McCann grew up as a Hearts fan, if you, if you like. Um, they just have to be a fantastic player and bottom of the club. So, no, I don't buy into the premise of it. I also, just before we move on, I just want to roll back for a second in that at some point we're going to have to discuss, and I'm sure the listeners have got a view on this as well, of talk about managers and structures all we want. The guts of this squad have managed two trophies since the Gerard era, so I'm including the Gerard era. At what point do we discuss the fact that this squad aren't able to consistently get over the line when it comes to trophies for Rangers and that they need to be moved out because they seem to switch off collectively quite regularly and that's led to a manager losing his job to an extent. But I, I think that should definitely be part of the conversation. I think it definitely has to be part of the conversation. I think it's been part of the conversation ever since we struggled, started to struggle this season, to be honest. I think it's one that we, we everyone said... They, they just don't look to be firing. They're not playing for the manager. There was loads of shouts out pretty early doors this season that the managers lost the dressing room, one of those classic um, kind of shouts that you hear as soon as teams start to kind of fall off a cliff instead in terms of their form. Um, I think it's definitely a question as to as to their mentality. And I think it's a question that really outside of the, the 55 season that we've generally always had at Ibrox since... We've started coming back up the leagues and in, in twenty since twenty twelve is to do the players have the 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 mentality that it takes to to win game after game to take the pressure to to um, go up against teams that sit at the edge of their penalty area for eighty nine minutes out of the ninety and and just play that low block and try and make it as difficult as possible and do they, do we have the mentality to try and break them down do we have the mentality if they pull a goal back with ten minutes left to go on and to go on and win the game and to not only win the game but batter down that door and and get and get those three points and and make the most of them. I think that's always been in question anyway from, from my perspective and definitely from the people we, we sit around as well. What's your thoughts on that that uh, Ross around the, the player mentality and how big a, a question mark there is over that with the current squad? Yeah, I think it's perfectly fair to be honest. I think those the players would have to hold their hands up and say that that's probably true. They haven't done enough. They haven't won enough, especially in that year that we won 55. You know, those two trophies, those domestic trophies were there to be won. I know, I noticed that comment from Curry Muncher there. Thanks. <laughs> Curry Muncher, you're going back in. That, that's, that's one way back over. Get David Martin there. <laughs> yeah, so I think, it's, I think it, that season, 55, I think those do, two domestic trophies were there to be won and we, and we failed. And I don't know if you've listened to, to Michael Beale actually speaking about this lately, but he couldn't enjoy the, the 55 celebrations because he was so frustrated that the team hadn't went and, and won that treble that year. And I think that's obviously a good sign for Michael Beale that he has the mentality, but I'm not sure these players do. Um, and I think we've all said 
since we won 55 because those two domestic trophies were lost that season. I think most fans have felt that we've needed a rebuild for a long time uh, and the club just haven't been willing to do that. Um, there's obviously conflicting reports on this, whether you know we weren't getting high enough bids for our players, valuations weren't being met, or Gerard was unwilling to to let go of a lot of the, the players that he had built. You know, regardless, it doesn't matter. They, they've, they've made a mistake. Um, a lot of these players should have been moved on and we should have freshened things up because it must be difficult for a lot of these players to motivate themselves when it comes to domestic football in Scotland. You play the same teams three or four times a season. And of course, we are fans and we would give everything to play for Rangers every single week. And we would absolutely love going away to St. Johnston and Livingston and, and you know, and giving our all. But these players are, they'll, they'll have ambitions to play at the top level and I can understand why they eventually get to the point of they don't feel that motivation for domestic games anymore. And it's no surprise for me that you've seen that run in Europe last year because it was new for them. And they were, and they were breaking through constantly. They were pre- progressing through rounds and, and they had something really to push for for their own careers as well as a club. So I think it's up to the, the board, the recruitment team, the management team to recognise when the squad is starting to run into these problems and to recognise that maybe the motivation and desire levels aren't there anymore and time to move them on. And I don't think we've taken on what I would consider acceptable bids at times and we've been looking for exceptional bids for our players and we haven't been willing to depart. Um, you know, Glenn Kamara's maybe an example of that this summer. We all know the way that Glenn Kamara's season has went. He's a fantastic player, but he's just he's not really looked in it this year. And the rumours are there was around an eight, nine million bid from Nice. He should have been sold, regardless of not having a, a replacement, in my opinion. He should have been sold. It's it's a lot of money for a guy you brought in for 50 grand. And eventually, when you get to the next transfer window, you've then got some money to play with and refresh the squad. And we haven't done that enough. And that's why we're now at the point where we don't have a lot of saleable assets. So it's going to be very difficult for the next manager to come. They're going to have to work under a budget until we move some of these guys on. And a lot of these guys, Morelos and Kent, they're going to move on for free free transfers and we're not going to recoup a lot from them. All you're losing is their wage off of the, the you know the salary cap, so or the salary budget, should I say. So, yeah, I totally agree um, with Tommy. We've needed a rebuild for a while. So that's going to be in the, the manager's remit as well, isn't it? That, okay, you're going to come in. You're going to try and um, keep us fighting this season, keep things respectable. You'll have enough time to, to put your print in this team. And then once we get to the summer... It's up to you to work with the director of football structure here and help us rebuild the squad. Yeah, absolutely. Ross been watching too much NFL talking about salary caps there. I know, uh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's go into the, I guess, the fun part, I guess, of this whole conversation in terms of some of the some of the more ambitious names that we've seen thrown around today. Um, there's been quite a few. I've had to Google a few of their, their managerial careers to just to work out where they are and, and what I think of them. Um, I think one of the one of the more interesting ones, which I hadn't really thought, was uh, Peter Bosch, who obviously managed Dortmund, um, managed Leverkusen when we came up against them a couple of seasons ago, and then most recently managed Leon. I um, believe he's out of job now. Um, Tommy Ross, is that one that you think would even be realistic in any way? Ross, on you go. That's a tough one for me because I've only seen this link today and it's the first time I've seen Peter Bosch linked with 
probably a club at our level, and I don't mean that in a derogatory term, but I just mean in terms of we're not a big league, um, and I usually see him linked with big leagues. Obviously, Leon, Bayer Leverkusen, Dortmund, these are these are massive teams in, in top leagues. So it's a bit of a surprise for me. Maybe a wee bit unrealistic to where he's been in the last couple of years. Um, I, I would be lying if I stood here and said I, I knew everything about Peter Bosch and the way he plays. I don't. Um, and, and I think his spell at Leon ended quite badly, but I suppose that doesn't mean anything really when it comes to, to managing Rangers in Scotland. So it's not a name that I instantly think, definitely not, but it wouldn't be a name that I would go to anyway. It's yeah, it, it wouldn't be for me, Peter Bosch. I think I'm probably in a, a, a similar, similar space. There might also be a wee bit of reaction to be getting a, another Dutch manager in so soon after after uh, Geo and stuff like that. I, I think I think he's gravitated in towards the the last few clubs that he's been at, clubs who have a relatively heavy budget uh, to be able to spend. I mean I think the last time off the top of my head, so I may be wrong, anybody can jump in here. I think the last time he worked at a club that didn't maybe have a massive, massive budget would have maybe have been Cavi Tel Aviv and he wasn't there for any I don't even think he was there a year. Before he went to Ajax. So you get a reasonably big budget at Ajax. Then it was what Dortmund. And that wasn't exactly a stellar performance either. I think he was out the door a year and a bit. And then he went Leverkusen, as you've know, uh, mentioned there, pretty big budget, if I recall correctly. Leon, pretty big budget, didn't last more than a year. So actually, who are who are people thinking of when they say Peter Bosch? I think they're thinking of some of the football round about the Ajax and Leverkusen stages. But actually, in between that, it's a pretty pretty loose CV, actually, in terms of what he's done. So it doesn't doesn't actually fly for me. It's one of those names that sounds good. Then you get under the skin of it and you go, would he be a fit at Rangers? No, I think I'm lost there. It wouldn't actually, wouldn't actually work as well. When, Whilst I've been just watching the screen, I didn't want to. I didn't want to walk past. I think it was um, Paul McGarrigal or Peter McGarrigal who put up a comment uh, in terms of advocate had players with Scottish heart, and that's a very fair point. I didn't want to walk past that. I think that's a, a fair point in terms of the. Um, do you need somebody who knows the club and the coaching team? Yeah, you do need them in the in the team though. So I think that's a very fair point as well. Yeah, I think like you said, Tommy, and you mentioned there that Peter Bosch has been in. Uh, a few clubs, but only for a year or so. Another one that I saw linked with us today in the in the in the I suppose traditional Scottish paper press uh, was Sinisa Mihailovic, um, who has had who is a crazy Serbian guy and would be highly entertaining. But I'm not quite sure how how that would go down. Um, but he's had eight clubs and he's been at one of them for more than one season, and that was his most recent one at Bologna. Um, which is a crazy record to leave seven clubs in a row after one season. But um, it, I just I cannot imagine him being on the sidelines. Um, another one, interested in your thoughts, Ross, we will come to your your choice in a, in a few minutes. Don't worry. I can see you chomping at the bit there. Um, but uh, Stephen Gerrard is obviously one that has continuously been linked back with Rangers. Um Tommy Ross spoke first on the last one. I'll come to you first on this one. Oh, no, it's it's a hard it's a hard no in terms of and I, I take it you mean permanent manager, not interim for the end of the season. Yes. 
Right. Um, interim, maybe, otherwise I still wouldn't like it. But Would you accept an interim manager? I'm not sure I'd accept an interim manager, if I'm being honest. I, I probably wouldn't either. Yeah, I, I think I'm with you on that. But if it was, if that's the choice in terms of you have to take an interim, well, I think Graham Murray's busy. <laughs> um, so Stephen Gerrard knows the team and can get something out of them. But yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I want a permanent to come in and I sense that that's what the board are trying to, trying to land on as well. Somebody who can come in within the next week or two and do some of that that grounding work and maybe bring in a few players off the, the shortlist that are there. So, but back to your question, long-term, no. And I think primarily this is the guy who kind of fell out of the board, right, in terms of investment, where the club was going, what he could get. Those relationships aren't going to reset themselves. Then that includes Ross Wilson to some extent. Then the players, the fans, Gerard himself would have to get around the fact that he's not going to bring his backroom team with him. So you're not going to get Colshaw and Beal and all that type of stuff. Things have moved on. And ultimately, here's a guy that left the club in the middle of the season. I don't... And not to go to Real Madrid. I could maybe accept that to some extent, right? But to Villa, and quite frankly, it fell apart. So, no... There you go. It, I wouldn't take that chance. I don't think he would come back in and do a, a good job. Interim to maybe get a wee fill up towards the end of the season, maybe. Long term, Stephen Gerrard's not the answer. Yeah. Ross, before I let you have your, your comment on Stephen Gerrard, which I think might be a short a short and swift uh, no, but um, I think Rangers Loyalist is right, and that's probably exactly what we are doing here on this podcast. We are going to go around in circles for a, for a wee while more yet, um, looking at managers and looking at options. But uh, Ross, on your uh, on Stephen Gerrard, for me, it's a it's a no. I, I was fully in the camp that Michael Beale was, ma- was a massive help to him while while he was at Rangers, and even then, it still went stale. Uh, we were really struggling at the start of last season, and I think it just felt like Stephen Gerrard's time was coming towards an end anyway. Um, even when he did decide to leave. Would you accept him back at all? I think the only reason I would be open to accepting him back is purely nostalgic purposes because of what he gave us that year in 55. But you're you're so right. I really can't disagree with anything Tommy said there. So he's really given me a, my answer for me. It, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a no. I, it's a no. You, you'll know me in the, the group chat sometimes. I've been having a laugh and saying, oh, we'll bring Gerard back and things like that. And I think, I think it probably, probably just shows you where we've been as fans lately. We've just been so desperate for something else. Um, but really, it doesn't make sense for Steven Gerrard to come back. He, he, he left us in pretty poor circumstances, let's be honest. You might argue that he felt he had to leave. He didn't have the backing from the board anymore. And he also spoke about moving back towards his family, which we can all understand um, as human beings. So for me, it's just, it's not a move we should be taking. It, it feels a bit too safe, too easy. It feels a bit backwards going back to what we had before just because Giovanni Van Bronckhorst didn't work. No, it's time for us to be brave as a club. Uh, the next appointment for me, again, has to be permanent. Um, so if that means that we can get the guy in permanently now, does that mean the coaching staff, you know, uh, take something on for the rest of the season? You know, does does Dave Voss or something stay in charge? I don't know. I doubt it. But I think that we have to prioritise a permanent manager. I don't want the club to seek an interim and then just let it go for a while, let it go to the end of the season, see what happens. I think we need to be brave here. So, Stephen Gerrard, yeah, he wouldn't, he wouldn't be for me. 
It wouldn't be for me. I do honestly believe that Steven Gerrard will be back at Rangers one day. I, I do believe this. I think he has unfinished business and I think he feels that as well. So that wouldn't surprise me, but I don't think the time is now. That's caught me off guard, that last comment. Actually, I don't I don't I don't see I don't see when he comes back. I think one of the no. comments from yeah. said, I think it's one of the comments from Teddy Bear said I'd, I'd allow Gerard back to watch and that's it. Um, I think <laughs> I'm definitely I think I'm definitely in that that camp as well. Right, we've got three more names and then I'll throw up some of the, the more interesting shouts from the comments um to finish us off. Um but next name on the list, Ross, your man Ralph Hassenhutel obviously just left. Southampton recently, to me, seems massively out of budget for us. Um, but you, you seem, you seem convinced by him. I think with the rumored salary was on at Southampton, it probably is un- unrealistic. But as I said today, he doesn't earn that salary anymore. So I think the next job he takes is going to have to be a drop in salary. It's probably a wee bit out there, Ralph Hasenhutl. But I really like ralph hasenthutel's style of football um, you could see that at southampton they did struggle in the last year but it was very um high pressing and they played the same way all the time and i really liked that i really enjoyed watching them and i think it uh, it's kind of that red bull academy approach so i i like that approach that style of football um dominico tedesco is another one that i like and it's very much the same he he was obviously just at leipzig and i like the profile of these managers because leipzig is a club bar a club that looked to bring people in, develop them and move them on for big fees. And I think that's something that we should be doing as a club. So these managers fit the profile. But yeah, they're probably a wee bit... I think the club would have to really push the ball out to get these guys in. But are we maybe at that point now where we should be doing that and we should be really looking to the long term and trying to appoint these guys for a long time with the overall, that word, project of the club being put in full force? Maybe, but... Ralph Hasenhutl, if he was willing to take the job, which is a big if, um, I would be all on board for that, absolutely. Yeah, I think these guys, Hasenhutl, Tedesco, I think they are, they almost seem out of our reach to me, um, Tommy, and I'll get your view on this, but they seem to be on the, the especially Tedesco, he'll be on the, the Bundesliga managerial merry-go-round, for want of a better phrase, in terms of he's been at Schalke, he's been at Leipzig, He'll get another shot in the Bundesliga. He just almost needs to bide, bide his time on that one. And I think Hasenhutl, very much the same, although he's 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 sort of moved on to the to the English Premier League. He's he's still going to be in in the eyes of teams in the in the top five leagues in in Europe and, and in their minds. Are these realistic names for you? I think they're realistic names in that the club can get. If you want to call them big names, I'm not entirely sure I would call them. Um, <laughs> just laughing at that title comment. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure my age. That's I remember uh, Tedesco as well, actually. But um, I mean, Hasnutl, maybe I'm not massively sold on it. Has to be has to be said. And then Tedesco, what in between those clubs? I think it was away at Spartak as well. But that was what again. He's a two two season manager, two year manager type of scenario. Um, so you, you're, you're saying, well, actually, what are you looking for? And it's one thing to say, well, these managers do, and some of them will go into this, these managers have done really well, they've developed players. Take a step back for a second. Who's actually getting these players? Do they work under a director of football scenario? Are they coaches first? Are we talking about managers? Where exactly are we in the market? Who we're looking for here? And then 
Going back as well to the filling of the role, for want of a, a better way of putting it, and we're talking about projects and being able to work through. Well, actually, if I want to play devil's advocate for everybody for a second, Giovanni Van Bronckhorst came in, got us to a European final in his first season, won a, won a trophy, right? A, a knockout trophy, which was something Stephen Gerrard wasn't able to, to do, right? And then had a pretty horrendous run of injuries as well. I, I think we need to say that, right? A wee bit of bad luck. Qualified for the Champions League and then has kept relative, you know, he's within touching distance. He's not completely out of the title race, right? Or wasn't. And we've bulleted him after a, a year and a bit. So in terms of projects, well, actually, it doesn't seem to be that. Or is everybody saying we're willing to live with a project where we don't win all the time as long as we see a glamorous style of football? I sense actually when the chips are down, people don't want that. What they want is just to keep winning. So when we drop in phrases like, oh, it's a project and we can see people develop a style of play and all that, that doesn't seem to be what happens on the ground. It's you get a year and a half maximum, give or take, and then you need to, to win stuff. So that's the type of manager we should be looking for. Somebody who can win immediately with the resources at their, their fingertips and then maybe work on a project. Those types of managers are bloody thin on the ground. I just want to address a comment here, sorry lads. Um, Curry Muncher on about the Christmas tree in the background. That is in fact a Christmas tree in the background. I do realise it's the 21st November, but December next week, right? So it's not that far away, right? Got to got to bring about some cheer at some point. Well, I'm with Curry Muncher on that one as well. I think next week what you'll see is Curry Munchers on the podcast. <laughs> and you can see you've been sacked. I'm, I'm with him on that. Jeez, oh, is it the tweet? How long has it been up for? 24 hours. There were three hours. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, uh, <laughs> I, I wonder um, if I can address um Curry's comment he said there as well. I think I think it was in reply to kind of what I was saying. Um and it goes along exactly with, with Tommy was saying that it's all about winning cups and leagues, it's not about just developing players and so on. Absolutely, I totally agree. But for us to continue to win cups and leagues, we need to be buying players developing them and selling them on that that is how we generate income we have unfortunately it, it's very difficult to accept but we have to do both we have to be doing both we must continue to win and we must continue to develop players that is why uh, being the manager of rangers is so difficult and it is a job that is not for everyone so curry is absolutely bang on it's not just about developing players we're not just going to be a project club we need to do both um, just to make that clear i don't want us to come across like i want us to turn into you know rb leipzig or whether i know that we have to win but i just believe for us as a club to move forward to continue to progress we need to develop players and we need to generate cash to be honest that is it yeah Absolutely. Um, right, I'm not going to ask your, your, your thoughts on these last two because we've been on here for quite a considerable length of time and I'm sure Ross still has more work to do. Um, Whose decision was it to put up the Christmas tree? Yours <laughs> I asked him this before. Yeah. yeah. I, I, absolutely no comment. <laughs> right, on to these names. On to these names. Um, in the comments, listeners, who you think it was? Was it Craig? Or was it Missy that got him to put up the Christmas tree? Because that's all I'm interested in now from here on in. <laughs> on, on to these comments. So, um, Francesco Farioli is one that we've seen mentioned. Um, I think he's more of a niche 
suggestion he's currently at Alanya Sport. Um, our very own Patrick Caskey is one um, that suggested him. Obviously, uh, I think he plays attractive, proactive possession style football, whatever you take that to mean. Um, and yeah, he's one that's been suggested and seems to seems to be quite popular online as well. As, I think he uh, was part of um, the Serbis staff for a while, Craig. Yeah, so yeah. I think that's where the name comes from and I think that's why he's highly rated. Um, so yeah. Dude, I just thought that was worth putting in because obviously he's made that big move to Brighton lately and that you can see why there's that strong link there. But isn't, yeah. it, isn't the um, Alanya Spall job, and again, I'm doing this off the top of my head, so I might be able to be, be wrong here, but isn't that his first or second full-time managerial job? I think he maybe had one for an interim before it, but before yeah. that he was in the assistant manager's role at Alanya Spall and stuff like that as well. So relatively untried and tested and I get a little bit nervous with any when anybody says this guy worked with a good guy so he must be a good guy yeah show me your show me your proof on your CV it's, it's, it's the same issue as Michael the same issue as Michael Beale right it's too too early to work out exactly what, what he is as a manager or, or who he is um the the last thing I'm going to bring up before we go into some of the more um outlandish ones shall we say um Gerardo Ceolani, um, who I believe was at Young Boys and did particularly well when they were reaching the Champions League every year. I think he did really well developing young players, and he was um, he was selling on players and developing them to get to get good fees as well. He's one that's been mentioned most recently, been at Leverkusen, and I think he got sacked there. There seems to be a theory in terms of don't go to Leon Leverkusen or Dortmund um, amongst these managers. It just seems to end badly. So. But I think he's one that I don't know a great deal about. I, I recognised him when I saw his picture, but I don't know a great deal about him. But he seems to be, I think he's one of the favourites at the bookies at the moment, actually. I think he's down at two to one or, or something along those kind of lines. Um, but he'll be one to watch as well. Uh, right, as we get ready to finish um, this podcast, um, we're almost at the, the hour mark. Um, first kind of random one that... Didn't, didn't get at all other than I saw he watched 50 Poland games before giving a presentation last week. Is uh, Marcello Bielsa, I think this one's supposed to say. Um, I'd love to watch his brand of football, but I don't I don't see him coming to coming to Rangers. And if you thought people got frustrated at um, Giovanni Van Bronckhorst's post-match interviews and press conferences, imagine a manager that point-blank refuses to speak English. Um, so I, I'm not sure that would go down particularly well. Then we've got, um, I can't believe I'm reading this out, um, Pochettino with Sunus in the background. Um, <laughs> That's Graham from earlier. I'm glad he's back to push the Pochettino. I'm all on board with this, by the way, Graham. Keep this coming. I'm with you in Pochettino. I would love to see it. The highly, highly it. overrated Mauricio Pochettino. <laughs> um, yeah, the only thing he's ever done that was of note for Rangers is miss a penalty in the shootout that we had with PSG <laughs> and you may fuck up. Yeah, I don't see him going from PSG to, to Ibrox anyway. Um, not quite sure how you go from Mbappe to Sakala, but I'm sure he... I'm sure I, he I, I wonder what Sunis is doing in the background. Is he getting ready to club him or whatever? <laughs> I'm, I'm not entirely sure from Graham's point there, but I, I don't think we would get a Pochettino from a purely financial point that we're going to. I'm to see yeah. And this one was mentioned a solid 45 minutes ago, so quite early into this discussion, um, but we'll close off on this one. And it's Gattuso with Duncan Ferguson as his assistant. Uh, well, 
you know, no. Unless <laughs> <laughs> again, Gattuso's done a reasonably good job in his career. That Valencia now, isn't he? Yeah, Valencia. he's doing well. He's doing yeah. well at the moment, yeah. Um, he seems to be one of these managers that does well for 18 months or so, and then the wheels kind of kind of fall off, taking on the Jose Mourinho mode. Yeah. Can I just say, Dun- Duncan Ferguson's a weird one for me. I've seen it mentioned a lot. I don't understand how Duncan Ferguson's been linked with us at all. He's, he was the interim boss for Everton for a while and ultimately get moved on. I, I don't understand why he is anywhere near being linked with this job. I'm sure I've seen him in the bookies odds as well at points. So I, I just don't, I, that is just one I cannot grasp at all. Duncan Ferguson should be nowhere near Ibrox. Tommy's not doing that I pretty much agree with that. Yeah, I mean, best of luck to him and uh, all that type of good stuff. But I'm, I'm, I'm not sold on Gattuso or Duncan Ferguson being back at Ibrox. Yeah. So on that note, we'll leave that one there. Um, thank you very much to Ross and Tommy for joining us. Thank you very much to all of you for listening to what has been the second TII podcast on a busy day for Rangers. Um, Giovanni Van Bronckhorst has left the club, and we're now in search of a new manager. Um, I fully expect that to be done by the end of this week. We'll keep an eye on on that one. And in the meantime, please remember to subscribe to the TII YouTube channel, toggle on those notifications, and you'll get a little email every time we schedule to go live or a new a new video is uploaded. Um, in terms of what's coming up for the rest of the week, we we are theoretically still on a lighter schedule, even though we've done two podcasts in a day. We are theoretically still on a lighter schedule due to the World Cup. So as it stands, it'll be every uh, Wednesday and Sunday that we go live. That will change if there's any more news about managers or any more changes at the club. Um, So keep an eye on social media, our Facebook page, our Twitter page, our Instagram page, and you'll see links there. Um, uh, But as far as we're aware, the next live podcast will be this Wednesday night. Um, All it's left for me to say is Thank you very much for listening. I do have the outro lined up this time and there's no panic like there was in the last one. Um, So thank you very much for listening and until next time, goodbye. Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.